Alex Gray once said, the infinite vibratory levels, the dimensions of interconnectedness are without end. Without end. There is nothing independent. All beings and things are residents in your awareness. This is the Susan Morgan Podcast. Raising your consciousness to access deeper dimensions. From UFOs to star beings to disclosure. Susan is an accomplished author, intuitive, and seer. Get ready to have some fun. Go deeper. Go deeper. And learn from the best. Now your host, Susan Morgan. Welcome, everyone, to the Susan Morgan podcast. Thank you very much for coming here. We've got people in the audience who I can't see unless I look around my computer, but thank you all for coming. And um, we've got it projecting on the wall so they can see something other than the back of the laptop. Um, For those who have just joined the podcast the first time, because I've just started this podcast recently, uh, it's focused on... Well, it's called Starborn. It's focused on ETs, on um, contact, on UFOs, and all things that have to do with not maybe off planet or really what's becoming more, even what's happening on our own planet at this point. I look at it now as this is very much a planetary activity. And um, But before we jump in with these awesome guests... Um, I just want to give a little bit of a heads up on what I'm doing with regards to this. I own a store in Mystic uh, called Mystic Dream in Henderson, Nevada, right outside Las Vegas. I'm 10 miles from the Strip. And um, it's a metaphysical store. We do different events, different classes. And I've got uh, in February an event I'm doing with a neuroscientist called contact2022.com, if you want to go to the website. And we are going to spend four days immersing in consciousness raising and going to a very specific vortex that people don't know about, or not very many, although you might find this interesting, Aros, a number of European scientists can be found there on any given night, but Americans don't really know about it. And uh, it's pretty much guaranteed you can see ships. And I don't mean one or two ships, but I mean multitudes of ships. So we're gonna do meditations, we're gonna do dream work. Um, I have this, you know, I was trained, I, I can bend forks and spoons, which, you know, sounds kind of fancy, but not really. But how you do it is you get yourself in a certain state of mind, consciousness. So I'll be teaching people how to do that. Not to bend forks and spoons, where's the value in that? Except for how you do it, the quick cliff notes is, you go back to where it is being formed. There's a number of different ways you can do it. But my favorite is you go back to a meditative state where the fork is being forged, let's say, or the spoon. And through a meditative state, you connect with it and you ask for permission for it to bend. And you get this certain sense of when it says, okay, I'll bend. So you, you track across time and space to do this. It will say, okay, you've only got less than a blink of an eye. But as soon as you hear that, okay, psychically, you just go like this. It's like bending butter. It's like butter. And then within a moment or two after, it's very hard. So, um, you know, I did this many years ago and everyone was saying, well, why? we don't, we don't want to learn about this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. 
So let's extrapolate this idea out. If we can do this with metal, simple metal, um, we can also do this with our lives. We can go back in time and space and we can find that opportunity to send maybe a blessing, maybe to do a healing. So we'll be doing things like that. We've also got actual headgear to get people in a state of resonance. And I'm sure Aros can speak on this later. Um, you know, when we're in a certain, why do some people see ships and some people don't? Or we know there can be a group of, let's say a dozen people, maybe 10 people will see the ships and two people won't. It has to do with resonance as much as anything, consciousness and resonance. So we're going to work on getting people as a group, our small group. We're only we're limiting, limited, limiting it to like 12 people, maybe a couple more. That's it. And just so we can get really intense and get the consciousness field up high so there can be a number of different um, experiences. So I'm really excited. Is this the one that was in Sedona or is this in, uh, in Sedona? In Sedona, yeah, it'll be in Sedona. The, the one you invited me to be part of? Yes, I'm hoping that you will be there. It's not in stone that you will be. Okay, you will be there? Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. And uh, we might have a couple of other guests or even just call in people. Um so there's that. And then also I've been asked, I'm going to speak at the mega conference in Vegas, which is in March, middle of March. And they've got um, over 44 presenters. And I don't even know how many speakers from around the world coming in. It's nine day event. It's a big deal. And it's run by, um, oh, I, I can only think of his first name right this minute. Bob Brown, I want to say, who has been involved in this field for over 30 years. He took a few years break and then he came back in. He offers a high quality event. A lot of people from Sedona will also be there. So um, I made a lot of good friends, which would include, you know, people like Clifford Mahoudi and um, oh, I can't think of everyone's names right now, but there was a lot of wonderful people involved. So those are some things that the bigger things I'm doing in addition to this once a month. So I want to thank you very much for coming on. I want to note that Aros is calling in from Hawaii and Jeanette is calling in from Bermuda. And that's a that's a big time gap, like you know, six seven yeah. hours, right? What time is it, Jeanette, over there in Bermuda? It's eleven o'clock. Okay. So yeah. but, but I had a power nap, but then my cat was sick. It's just oh my gosh. So I've just had to deal with the cat. Oh, and I've got okay. four teachers in the house. And I'm like, God, turn the music down. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's hard to get. I mean, Bob was walking behind me, right? As I'm talking doing that, I'm like, oh hello. It's, there's a, anyways, don't worry about the kitty cat. The kitty cat needs your help then, you know. Yeah, he, he's got a hairball. He's got a hairball. Okay. I chucked him, but he's fine. All right, so he's not, it's not a serious thing. When no. I went to my early twenties, I sailed back. I went to uh, Bermuda a number of times. Oh. And I sailed back from Bermuda on a 50 foot racing yacht. The boat had raced to Bermuda and won the race from Newport. Oh, yeah. yeah, they do that every couple of years. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I remember, I thought, I don't know if I can be on a 50-foot boat and get not get claustrophobic and sail back because it would take a week, you know? And, um, but ended up, I just loved it so much that when we came into Connecticut, everyone was happy and I was crying because I'd seen all those stars, you know? With five days of nothing but just Amazing. incredible stars out in yeah. that open ocean. And um, it's just, 
and we went through um, a storm that was very bad. And I kept thinking, oh, I hope we don't, you know, disappear right in the Bermuda Triangle because we were going through the triangle at one point. The waves got so high, you know, the men that were on the boat had to harness themselves off. Um, and they were all, they said, everyone else go down below. And I said, okay, so I'm praying. And I was looking through the hatch, which is, you know, not that big. And I couldn't see the sky. All I saw was water <clears throat> crashing, just crashing in, a, in this chaotic way. And the men were like sliding back and forth across the deck of the ship. It was really frightening. That went on for about three hours, three, four hours. Oh. And, um, but then it just calmed down. It's very strange. Well, you no, I don't need to tell you that because I'm sure you hear these things. Yeah, I've had some experiences here as well, actually. Um, a couple of years ago, seeing definitely a ship, although, you know, outside our front door, my husband woke me up about 11 o'clock. It was a couple of years ago. And there was definitely, there was just a row of lights and they were shifting and moving. I'm like, oh, oh my God. You know, I was like, wow. And then, of course, I felt really quite nervous. And then psh, they just, they sort of disappeared, then they came back. So there's definitely a portal here, Vortex. Oh, and oh absolutely. And it's known for that, yeah. it's famous for that. Yes, yes. I had the experience of it. It was just, the boat was, it felt like it was going in circles like right. this for hours. Yeah. These were experienced sailors, right? They had just won an international boat race. They knew how to steer a boat. And yes. it was just out of control. So wow. um, yeah, so welcome and Aros, give a, give our listeners and viewers a little background on you because I, I okay. So let me just say this, Aros, we've been kind of a little bit getting the watered down version of Aros, kind of sorta. I'm trying to make my hair not stick up, and um, I think you said recently that you're coming out of the closet as with a more intense version of yourself. Yeah. Yep, yep, I, I am. And and so um, the um, I am not willing to play the human game anymore. And uh, there is a very solid reason for that because it doesn't serve anyone and it certainly doesn't serve myself either. Mm -hmm. And right now, because of the position I am in on this planet and my work here, it's time to come, come full out and not holding back anymore. And what that will, how that will show up that the energy, the vibration will start shifting and the people who are ready for it can receive it and the ones who are not will not. And that is neither right or wrong, good or bad. It's just that this is the time to really open up the opportunity for people who are ready to take that step into the next understanding of who they are and release all forgetfulness and take a stand for really to truly see and, and, and experience who they are and not play small anymore. So, um, and I, I want to I share something quickly. You said something about some people see the ships. Well, the, the, we, we basically, when I say we, my galactic family, the Federation of Light Beings, we basically decide who are seeing the ships. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I want, I want all right, so I just want to back up for a second. <clears throat> In the last couple of weeks, I've had, um, I don't know, at least a half dozen people tell me 
that um, they no longer want to hide the fact that they're an off-planet being. Right. That there's a movement. So um, this is becoming very interesting to me. So, I mean, I've had contact, but I was, I'm an on-planet being, okay? I've, I'm, a, I'm a person who's had contact that's been tweaked. I'll just put it that way. So they tweaked me, but I'm basically a human for all intents and purposes. But there's a number of people coming out saying they're not a human and they haven't been a human and they've been hiding the fact and that they're all around us, these non-human beings, okay? So although I, it is worth noting, I've said my whole life, whenever I see human beings acting awful, I say, if that is the definition of a human being, I am not a human being. I've been saying this for years. Like I refuse to put myself in the cat, same category as some of the people on this earth. But what, so what specifically, how would you describe yourself to uh, somebody that's just meeting you, Aros? <clears throat> Please. Well, I am, um, I'm, I'm what you call a walk-in, not to be confused with when you're walking into a barber, it says walk-ins welcome. <laughs> so for people who don't know what a walk-in is, which is by almost everybody, could you please describe okay. what a walk-in is? Yeah, Every, anything that happens on this planet, no matter what it is, is done by agreements. So when people say that they've been abducted or say they've been contacted or whatever, it's all by agreements. Nothing happens here without an agreement. And so I had an agreement that uh, when this body was about 10 or 11 years of age. The soul that had came into this body then was gonna leave and I was gonna take it over. How come that soul was gonna leave? Because I needed a vehicle to do my work and I wasn't willing to go through the forgetfulness, the birth channel, become a human being because in my past life, I was a German soldier in, in Germany. I was a pilot and I was trained to become a super spy when I was 13 years of age. And then, then, um, <clears throat> then I, I, um, I, you know, a lot of different experiences was like playing Russian roulette, but we really liked it because it was very exciting and very, very, I mean, it was fun, you know, but it was dangerous. We played a very dangerous game, obviously. But then when my, um, there was two incidents. My plane was um, at one point, um, you know, shut, shut down and I had to catapult out of the plane. And what happened was that my soul left the body, positioned itself underneath my body and took it slowly down to earth. And when it landed safely on earth, the soul jumped back into the body. And, and so we can talk more about that. However, then the last time I was shut down and when the plane went down in flames, I went into total ecstasy and joy, you know. So, and I have experienced taking on the human body in Tibet, in China, and as a samurai, and in many different places, even in, in America as an American cowboy. But basically all of these lifetimes I left in, in a state of consciousness, I was basically enlightened. And so I've done called samadhi just sometime in some right. So I've done all of this stuff, right. and and so this time around, in order for me to do what I came here to do, I certainly wasn't going to take on a human body and put on those limitations for myself. You know, so even though 
when I came into this body, I my, the veil wasn't wasn't I didn't have a veil over me. The only veil that was there is that I couldn't process what I knew that I knew, right? So I couldn't have access to it because I was supposed to be here as a full human being and learn how to be, um, you know, with all the challenge and what it is to be a human being with the limitations and the matrix and all of that stuff, right? But I was always protected and always when I went, got caught up in something, it was like a bell within me rang, you know, and, and I was said, okay, no, no, not this, you have to go back or you have to do this, right? And so, and at the same time, it's a complete challenge because when you take it upon yourself to lower your vibration into this quicksand of quagmire of limitations that this world really is, you always have to be very, very vigilant and listen to your intuition because the intuition is really your only defense against the onslaught of limitations and, and all of the stuff that is practiced on this planet, right? So it it. limitation is practiced on this planet. That I like that. Right. It's a practice. It's 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 yeah. to the degree of a practice, actually. Yes, it's the practice. However, the practice has become so ingrained into people that they think it's now a habitual way of being. So there's a great danger right now what's happening because within the matrix, there's also the solutions people think they're becoming enlightened or doing this or doing that, but they don't understand that's part of the matrix to keep people stuck. And, and so people having experiences, they, they're allowed to have certain incidents that happening and immediately I think, oh my goodness, you know, I'm getting this, right? And that's the danger. Hmm. And so- As in a person, hook. Hmm? It's like a hook being hooked. Yes, totally, totally. And it's practiced all the time. And if you observe, you can see it because in what I call the, the, the new age, circus or the, the, like a lot of people who who think they are uh, you know that they are certain certain they have certain consciousness but then you realize they don't really right but they then deceive a lot of people because they have some uh, some knowledge and some insights and something you know and in but it's not real it it it's temporarily and it doesn't last, right? It's more of a distraction. Basically, it's a distraction. Right, right, right. And and the real and you know, I was in a four-hour seminar with Tashina, my friend, <clears throat> the other day and a week ago, and she's born off planet. She was born in the Arcturian star system, and she was brought here, and then she was adopted by a family. <clears throat> How old is she about? Um, well, Earth years. Yeah, she's about forty-five, I think. And and what does she think is her reason that? And, and I know you've spoken about her before with me. And she leads a quote normal life in the sense she's a mom, she has a regular job. And um, what does she think is her reason that they put her here? Well, she she that's part of her her education in from where she comes. And, and so, because they go through certain degrees and certain challenges, you know, to become certain uh, within, within the range of, of who, who you are and what you're gonna do, right? <clears throat> so, but she has to leave the planet 
ever so often, every second year, because she needs to rejuvenate. Pretty much like the dolphins, they leave and go back to Sirius and to rejuvenate and to reprogram themselves and really to, you know, so they can do this work here on planet Earth, right? But we talked for four hours and people, and she was mentioning in a lot of these things about, uh, people had a lot of questions, right? But she was said, you can't find us on Mars. You cannot find us on Jupiter. You can't find us on the moon. We've been there, done that. This, our focus is on planet Earth. We are looking for people who have understanding on planet Earth. We are not interested in you looking up into the sky and seeing ships because that's not where it's at anymore. Everybody has to understand everything that we're doing or helping people with, to understand, it's within yourself. Understand who you are. And so they won't, they don't like when people get too distracted and focus only on the sky. Well, Which hold, is on, fine. hold on, because I'm doing this event in, in February. And let me say from my perspective, why I think there's value in that. Because for the average person walking around, mm -hmm. they, they just see themselves as a limited person. They don't see themselves as a cosmic being, right? right. Like it's the earth and out there is the cosmos. No, we're, we are the cosmos. We are part of the cosmos. So when we become aware that we are not the only thing, then we can start expanding our awareness and say, wait a minute, we are, we are the cosmic beings in a cosmic universe. We belong here. This belongs to all of us. It's, um, it expands out our uh, boundaries kind of, of who we right, are. Right, you're absolutely right, um, Alethea, Susan, I don't know what I'm calling you. Alethea. Yeah, he calls me Alethea. Alita, yeah. You're absolutely right. However, the, 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 what I'm sharing with you the, the, for the main focus is not looking for that. And it's good if some people who have no knowledge at all, they do that. However, the main focus for people who have been around for a little bit and really understand, they have to look within and show in their daily moment-to-moment -moment interactions with humanity who they really are and understand that compassion, love and respect and honor are really major keys to all of this because we are on every city on the planet Earth, there are star, um, star beings and in different occupations, some are politicians, some are taxi drivers, some sweep the streets, some do this. That's why you can never really know where you would find them, but they are mingled into society or doing their work quietly and are shifting and changing vibration in a way that is very, very humble because it's not a big fanfare, you know, it's not right. a big thing. And so, and this is part of the lessons they want to bring to human beings at this point. Understand the simplicity and Mother Earth has all of the teachings and all of the answers for you, whatever you're looking for. And if you looking at nature and if you treat mother earth with kindness and respect she will reveal to you everything you need to know to ascend to a higher vibration even just talking to a tree and right. you can achieve an amount of information absolutely i don't even want to say even talking to a tree because the trees are incredible right. so so you came from so all right so the person that was in your body Mm -hmm. at around 11-ish. What yeah. happened to that soul? Where did that person go? 
he went to a higher plane and I and and I, I think he was pretty enlightened already and he just needed a push. And so he took the push by coming in here and doing this 11 years. But the dilemma is because he was still carrying a lot of debris in his DNA and in other parts of the body. So my main work <laughs> in order to learn what it is to be a human being, had to be to clean that up. So for 50 years or more, I've been cleaning all of this stuff up and it takes a tremendous uh, clarity because most of my life I was feeling, this is not me, I don't do things like this. And so, but that was part of my mission and, 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 and it was a great, great, great because it really taught me the hard way of how to really understand human, human stuff, you know. Okay, so just one more question then I'm gonna go to Jeanette for a few minutes. But sure. so did your mother and father notice a difference? Uh, my father, who was a very stout businessman, black and white, he said, he said, you look the same, but who are you? And what was your answer? You know, when you take on this body, because I wasn't allowed to completely, um, completely, um, and, you know, be fully there in that way, I couldn't tell him much, but I, it was more like, um, I think I just smiled and saying, said something like, well, oh, good, you know, that's, that's great. And then it, and he was, but it was confusing for him because he couldn't understand my behavior. And he said, I don't understand this. You are the most brilliant person I know at one moment. And the next moment you're clueless. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me just say this. All right. So, so the, that child was um was perfectly healthy and then the next morning there you were hello asking for different food to eat or something but i mean but was there a crisis that happened in the body that prompted your entry yeah it happened um it, it, i well when it happened i wasn't aware of it because you're really not aware of it you know but but then in retrospect i i woke up one morning and i told my mother i said i'm not scared of um, dying anymore and she looked at me very confused and she said what do you mean i said i went to this i used the word heaven because i didn't have any other vocabulary at that moment i went to heaven last night and was shown who i am and why i'm here and my purpose and then I'm protected. And she said, oh, it was just a dream. And you know, I, I kind of just, but then I started having all of these experiences. They really showed me who, who I was and I could do things that would be called supernatural today. You know, I was allowed to do certain things. And today um, I have to kind of ease into it again, you know, but I could do some things that, you know, normal people don't do. <laughs> You know, even that's a danger, right? Because then it's a distraction. Then it becomes a distraction for exactly people. everything becomes easily becomes yep. a distraction. Yep. Yeah. So, um, well, all right. We'll circle back in a second. So, Jeanette, tell me, how do you know Aro? So, how did how did this all happen? Well, um, 
quite spontaneous, really. Um, I it's funny because I I've been um I hadn't been on Facebook for a while. The sort of last year I've just been with everything going on, just really going within and um, studying. Um, I teach Kundalini yoga. I I actually have a barber shop that I've I've been barbering for far too long, like thirty five years, and now I I've not wanted to be in the for a long, long, long time, but um, that's sort of my daily bread. And and then I felt the urge that I wanted to start sharing things and, you know, getting back into my yoga page and group. Um, and then it was it was really funny because um, I, I have no idea how I actually, who it was through, but it just popped up the Oros's name and the sonic codes. And I was like, and I, I, it just, I, I just, it just instantly, I was just like, I, I really feel a resonance in that. And then I think we, we, um, I think I asked to join the group, didn't I, Oros? And um, Oros wrote back saying, I just want to know, dear, why are you in 65 other groups? And I said, oh, I said, is that because I have no idea, you know, because <laughs> I hadn't been on for so long. But anyway, so we. Well, I we, think we, some people just automatically add you, right? Like I found that out with myself. I had to clear it all out. People were just throwing me in their groups. I wasn't. <laughs> right. I don't know yeah, how yeah. to do it, I, but I didn't ask I, them. You can have a private one and a public one. But anyway, okay. so um, and then we started chatting, didn't we? And um, let's see. Yes. Uh, and then. I have experienced the sonic codes, um, which, I, and then I started reading about Oros actually, um, everything that he was doing, it was just so, it just was really resonant in the creativeness. It was just so beautiful. Um, and it just really resonated the whole, the whole gamut and especially the dolphins and the sonic codes. I love music, I love sound, I love vibration. I love chanting so to me that was a real um and it was just different I've never really heard of any you know I've heard of I don't know Oris it's, it's sonic code it's not like uh it's not light language it's like sonic codes and I get that because there's a lot of people doing the light language which is beautiful as well but it just I've never really um seen the dolphins and the whales with the sonic codes and the whole thing I was, that's so beautiful and then it brought me back to being around surrounded by the the waters here and unfortunately we get the whales but we don't we have dolphins way way out apparently um and of course we have them in um a couple in captivity you know with the the uh the tourist thing here the poor things you know but um yeah and um but you don't have just, you don't have dolphins that close to Bermuda no the way they were back in the 70s eh, or early yeah. I believe so, but apparently I was asking my fisherman um, clients and they said they're way, way out over the banks. It's quite rare that you'd see them come, come, come in. Oh, yeah. So you can't them far, far, yeah, far out. But the whales we, we get. So I'm what not- kind much of whales? What kind of whales are you getting? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, but the, there's an amazing guy. Um, oh gosh, gosh, gosh. Stevenson, who was one of my clients, and he um, is the big whale man who's done amazing photographs and footage and filming. So he, um, I've never actually been on a boat because I'm a bit nervous 
going too far out on the waters. I have a bit of a fear with, well, I did nearly drown in Mexico once. So I think that's like. A, but you live a on a relatively small island surrounded it's, by water. It, yeah. A little island. 20, yeah. And you don't go on a boat. I do. We've got a boat. I've got a boat, but I'm quite nervous. So I'll only go out if it's, if it's not choppy. And I'll say, how big are the waves? If it's got to be flat, calm like glass. Yeah. I, I, but I like anything ironic. This is very ironic. Anything like that's really ironic. I just love. So this is ironic to me. How did you end up there? But I'm not. I'm, that, that's a theoretical that, question. Yeah. But, but and then so our and then um, so we 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 did a couple of the sonic codes and I actually Oros had sent me a your 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 uh, CD that I'd started to listen to, and that was really powerful. And, and just so different. Um, and then we actually a bit, um, attended a, 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 a couple of the Sonic Code live Zoom calls, which is really powerful. I feel being um, in this on the Zoom doing it, you know, live, it was really, really beautiful and powerful. So it just intrigues me. And he's just, I don't know, just a fascinating, um, beautiful being. And it's been amazing to, uh, to, to be involved in it, which I never had no intention. It's just like been really organic the way it's the friendship, the, the collaboration, um, and well, I'm learning. Yeah. So. Let me ask you this. Have you had any contact that you remember with any off-planet beings? Do you know, when I was, when I was, because I had experience when I was very young, so, uh, and like a lot of children, I think, you know, being very open. Um, and my mum was very, we used to go to the spiritualist church uh, when I was quite young in, in, so in Liverpool, so I'm from the North of England. Um, and I was always fascinated by alien and stuff. My dad was quite into it. And then I started reading the books and it sort of quite scared me, <laughs> you know, so I was, uh, and it's sort of getting back to that remembering, I think, because po quite possibly. And um, but I remember when I was um, I wasn't living in London, but meeting meeting a um a guy who was like a wizard. I think they, you know, I mean, literally like what I mean, just like a druid possibly, and that really sort of it just started to open my mind, and I knew there was something more. So. The answer is no. I mean, really, it's a, it's mainly Aros that has uh, okay. been the experience because I'm I'm new to the whole what Oris is as a walking. You know, I, I've read about this, but it's just this um, learning again about that. So it's like the right time for me because I'm I'm very interested in it, but it's hard for me to comprehend the whole concept, as it were. But I find it very intriguing. I do believe I. Yeah, it's um, just been... I, 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 need to add, I need to add something here. Oh, yeah. um, so this is a typical example of someone who, who um, has been caught up in the matrix. Jeanette has a great wisdom. She simply hasn't been taught how to remember what she, who she really is. And it comes up in, in, in our conversations and in the way we interact with, with each other. Because unfortunately for me, I can see who she is energetically. 
and 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 so part of my job is to help her awaken that, that memory so she really can really really stand in her own 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 light and she's doing it however she has so much more to offer and then um, and so, um, and otherwise we wouldn't be able to work together, you know, because at this point in my life, I, I, my only thing is to do as much as I can, you know, because uh, time is really, really running out, right? And the way she was introduced into my life and then helping me become my assistant, she's doing so much and the way she puts together the post and write about it, right there you can see that she's, she's very aware, you know? So it's an interesting fact that when people like her, is going to share about it. She doesn't know fully how to express it, but then when she writes about it and when she posts something, you see it completely. You know it. it. So I'm very, very grateful for her. You know because otherwise, I think I would have. I, I you know, it doesn't matter who you are, if it's if it's you, um, Alethea, or whoever it is. If we don't have people who support us, we are just going kind to of fumbling around because you know we we can't do it all ourselves. You know, it is simply not possible. That's right. That's exactly right. And I also want to add, I learned early on in my life that I observed that um, well, I started with myself, like I was obsessed watching people draw when I was really, really little. I mean, just obsessed with it. And I ended up, you know, becoming an artist. I made a living, a humble right. living, but a number of years, that's my sole income was as an artist. And I think that's why I was fascinated. I was fascinated by psychic stuff when I was very, very young because, you know, I'm a psychic. So I think sometimes what we're fascinated by, especially when we're young, before we're conditioned, is because that's what we're good at anyways. It's just a matter of we're going in that trajectory. We just don't know it yet. And not everybody you know, will walk into every avenue that um, they're interested in. But yeah, often that's the case. So you having an interest in it and not remembering maybe some things that may or may not have happened, um, well, that, that's classic. You know, that's, that's, I think is typical actually. And then as time goes on, the remembering starts. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's when it's also good to have somebody kind and compassionate nearby that can listen to these things and Aros is that. So if there's remembering, sometimes it can be startling. I can speak on my own behalf on that when the memories start coming in. So, yeah. and uh, cause you want to share it with somebody there's not too many people at least as of now but that's changing yes it's definitely changing in a dramatic way it's changed dramatically even in the last five years like from my perspective it's there's a whole there's a whole new movement happening so Aros, for the people that have just joined on and don't know about the sonic codes how can you describe the son well first of all what is the web the the facebook group um it's called sonic code Eros, Christos, Sonic Codes, the movement. Okay, and they can join, um, or they can ask if they can join. Yeah. It's not just right. open to anybody. Okay. Right, but, but it, the thing is, what, what Jeanette and I are trying to do is to educate people that if, if you jo join, look at the welcome video, okay. register for Sonic Codes, and then share it. See, people receive the sonic codes and have these amazing experiences and then to get them to share it is like hurl, hurling cats you know 
and it's very difficult and then to get them to participate because I've shared with people, the more you participate, the more you're gonna receive from this and it's gonna continue growing. You're gonna get more and more. But if you just come once and then let it not happen, well, you're not gonna have the full impact of it. And so- So, so for people that, that are saying, what is Sonic Codes? Just a couple um, of minutes. What, what is Sonic Codes? Sonic Codes is basically, um, well, first of all, Sonic Codes is not something that's in, in, in the, in the um, dictionary very readily. When Hale Bob came over, do you remember the comet, Hale Bob? Came over the plant, Hale Bob? I called it Hallie. I was saying it wrong all these years. Yes, Hale Bob. Oh. Okay, go well, ahead. That's my reality right now, then. Okay. <laughs> but there was one Haley's Comet, but yeah. there was one Hale Bob in 1997. Oh, and I thought that was also pronounced Haley. No, Hale Bob. Okay, my paradigm has crashed. All right, go on. <laughs> so, so. Um, all right, so, so anyway, so the dolphins, so so the dolphins communicated to me, said, you're gonna receive messages from Hale Bob. And I thought, why would I get messages from a comet? But at that point, I had gotten so many information from the dolphins that showed me so much that I didn't um, doubt it. I was just kind of questioning it, right? And so then one day I was, um, it was on Maui and, and, and um, the winery on Maui is over the, over the, um, the valley and so basically above the clouds and I was attending a wedding ceremony and it was five o'clock in the afternoon and the sun was still shining, you know, at five o'clock in the afternoon. However, Hale Bob was sitting right on the top, oh. shining so oh. bright. And so somebody happened to have a pair of binoculars and I said, can I, can I give it them to me? So I looked up and I started getting the, and I said, stop, stop, stop. Let me go back to where I'm staying so I can write it down. And um, so for the next 10 days, I got transmission from, from Hale Bob. And then a friend of mine, an English woman, she had went over to Kauai to participate in a seminar with some woman from London. She was like a sage or like a psychic or something like that. And in the middle of her um, seminar, she stopped. And she looked at my friend and said, your friend on Maui right now is receiving uh, telepathic messages from Hale Bob. And so when she came back to the island and she said, Eros, did you know? I said, oh, well, that's great because, you know, affirmation and confirmation is always good, right? And these messages we then took um, and put them on a CD, Adventures in Consciousness. And these are extremely potent messages. And basically, but they were using the first thing they said, welcome to the ultrasonic wavelength something that's not programmed into the grid of human consciousness yet. Oh. And, and, and did, you, did you write this down? Is this in one of your books, the information that you No, got? I have it on a CD. Is that available to just anybody? Yeah, it was until Amazon changed their way of doing things. So right now I'm looking in a way to put it up on the website that people can download it. It's eight tracks 
with music and 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 and, and um, sounds because we we do, I read the messages and then some people came to my home in Honolulu and played music. Did you do keyboards and drums? And then you know I read it and we, so we did it live and we never edited did anything you know and 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 uh, very it's extremely powerful. But so ultrasonic wavelengths. So then then in the beginning for the sonic codes wasn't called sonic codes it was called um i don't remember even but how it happened was that i was i was in on 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 maui and i was doing some healing sessions on a person on the lava rocks because i called you know the lava madame Pele, and, and i have total respect for her so i put people on the lava rocks and then suddenly i started doing this sounds and the person said wow that was so soothing and then it just took off by itself. And then 2000, and I, I, I don't even know where, how it happened, where it happened, how, I, I have no clue. I just knew that it started coming through me. And, um, and then in 2001, I was in Columbus, Ohio. I had been invited there to, um, to a place, that, like, a, like a store like you have. Uh, Alicia, but they sold jewelry and they sold, you know, same thing. And they had healing sessions, modalities, and all of this. And um, and and I did long sessions, one-hour sessions, which was too much, three times a day. And I was fully booked every day. And um, so suddenly, from one moment to the other, my voice just. And the dolphin said to me, we had to shut you down to do an energetic surgery on your vocal cords and you'll get your voice back in a week. A week later, it came back, but even more powerful. And, and I was interviewed on cable televisions and, um, one, and one day I was walking into a supermarket and this man called me and said, hey, Eros, I said, and turned around and I said, yes, he said, I do I know you and he said no 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 but you were doing these these sounds on the tv and they hit me and hit my body and I've had some problems and it's gone so so there was so then one woman she said when I was working on her she said I opened my eyes and you had shape-shifted into a dolphin and I said, well, <laughs> this is Columbus, Ohio. What's going to happen in other places? Right, exactly. <laughs> what would happen so, if, you if this is happening in Columbus? Right. So what basically what it is, it's because I'm a vessel and, 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 um, and I've used, uh, you know, I'm an award-winning singer and um, vocalist, but that's not to, so I, I know how to use my breath. And so this very high powered frequency and vibration comes through me and they have a tendency of bypassing the chattering of the mind and go to the source of your being and give you an experience that is appropriate for you at that moment. And it cannot be denied because I've seen miracle happens in people's lives through the years. I mean, literally miracles, physical, spiritual, mentally, I mean, really miracles. And um, so all a person has to do is to expose him or herself to these frequencies, like standing under a waterfall. You know, you can be negative or positive. However, you're still going to get wet. That's the same thing with the sonic codes. And I have stopped trying to figure it out 
because I realized that my, my part in this is to be the empty vessel that this frequency can come through. And then whatever people experience is really none of my business. And, and, and um, so, but also it's become very clear. I've said to people, you gotta let go of this understanding. This, you cannot look at this body as eros. You cannot look at me from your point of ego. You have to understand I'm a vessel. This is not me doing this. And because I've been told, this is one of the quickest way right now to change the vibration on the planet, these codes. So we wanna do them in big auditoriums with thousands of people with big loudspeakers. And, but you know, because of the matrix, because the way it's set up, it's very difficult for people to see one individual and, in, in, and, and not ask themselves, what's so special with him? You know, why does he think he is this and that? Well, and let, me, let me just say something. You may want to consider doing the Megacon at, um, in Vegas this March, because one of the rooms that I'll be in, I they say they have one room for 750 people. They also have another room up to 1,500 people. So Good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I'm I'm signed up. They've got me in, but they probably. Good. I'll send you the. I'll email you the links, and you and you contact them. Okay. Maybe you can yeah. get in there, and so just real quick, also, how how is this connected to dolphins? Let people know how is this connected to the dolphins. Well, dolphins. Okay, first of all. <clears throat> All star beings, dolphins are star beings. All star beings doesn't communicate with words. They communicate with vibration and frequencies. And, and that's, that's how we do it, right? And so because the dolphins, real communication is through that clicking sound right. and they their pure intent when I want to change something. Um, so it is a gift from the dolphins and the galactic family because I've been swimming and interacting with dolphins for almost 25 years in the open ocean. And, and needless to say that because I shape-shifted into a dolphin, obviously it's clear that I'm part dolphin, part human. And one of my home planets are Ch uh, Chulas in the Vega star system. And how do you call it? C-H-U-L-O-S. I don't think it's been discovered in, in, in the Vega star system has been discovered. However, for the, for the scientists and astronomers, the Shula, there's no life in, in that Vega star system, right? But that's good. <clears throat> it's not, they're not ready for that yet, but- uh, uh, Do you think whales are also, because I've been saying for many, many years that whales are not of this planet. No, or, they're from Sirius. Okay, so I never heard that. I just, I did a meditation many years ago, a shamanic uh, journey, and I was told, this is like 20 years ago, that the whales don't belong on, they, they weren't from this planet ever, that they were placed here. And, I, and at the time I thought, what the heck? You know, what is this about? They said, how do you think the whales navigate from all these great distances? I said, I don't, you know, they just, it's innate in their system. I was told, no, it's the stars. Some things do, are, do, uh, sorry, I thought I had my phone off. Let, turn, let um, me turn on some light. Let me turn on some light, sorry. Yeah, it's getting very dark over there. But I was told that the, the whales, not, not that everybody else navigates this way, not like you know bees navigate or the little hummingbirds or anything, but 
but whales navigate by the stars. And that's why it doesn't matter what else is going on on the planet. They can just, they're, they're wired to the stars. That was the navigation system. Right. The whales and the dolphins are from Sirius. And in the, 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 the way I came from, partly the Shalotians, they are half dolphins, half humans. They have a dolphin head and the, and the rest is a human body. I mean, don't, don't you, to your waist is a dolphin and then it's humans. And they are talked about in Robert Temple's book, The Serious Mystery. And they were the one who enlightened the Dogon tribe in Africa and showed the scientists about all of these stars and moons and the planetary system in the galaxy that hadn't even, even, even heard about. So they went there and they saw all of this, how they had documented it on walls and, and paper, I mean, however they, and, and they were flabbergasted because they hadn't seen most of these this things and they asked, how in the world, how, how do you know this? And they said, well, our forefathers told us there was a big bright light in the sky and then it descended upon earth and out came um, half humans and half dolphins. And they um, big, dig the big hole and fill it up with water and stay there during the night. And then in the day they came out of the water and gave teachings. That's and what the Dogen people had said? That's what the Dogen tribe said, yes. We got to listen to the Dogen people because amongst other things, right, they knew about Sirius B, if I'm remembering this right, right. exactly mm -hmm. to the, you know, to the inch yeah. almost how far away it was in science. So like, oh, these are cute little primitive people. And then they found, actually, that is, they found the planet, like I think in the early 80s or something. And then they went back to the Dogen people and said, really, how did you know where that was? Right. Well, that's happened. So that's how it happened. And so then after I had received that information, I was in Sedona and I was working doing some dolphins things. And a man came up to me and said, Eros, I, I was I was um, guided to to give you this. And he said, I channeled this. And, I, and he was a, he was a, um, he, he could draw and he had drawn the Chiloceans on this drawing. And uh, so how, how do you said, spell that? C-H-U-L-O-S-I-A-N-S, Shulotians. Okay. So he had drawn them, right? And then in this, in like 10 minutes later, somebody else came up and he said, Eros, you're supposed to read this book. And this was a guy from NASA who had high clearance. He was, um, he was retired. But the book was about the Chiloceans had visited planet Earth, and they had gathered all the all the presidents and people uh, running different countries by the North Pole to show them they are in vortex, a dimensional vortex in in the in the North Pole. And but they said we left because we found nobody who could hold this information. You know. Yeah, they weren't going to waste their time kicking no, around no, here. No. So, so I got three, I got, within a short time, I got three confirmations immediately, you know. That's pretty extraordinary. <clears throat> so, but what's even more extraordinary, about a month ago, I was talking to Tashina over the phone and, you know, she doesn't share, I mean, she does, but she, if she's going to do a reading or someone, I think I mentioned to you, she fasts for three days, you know, I mean, she does it because she has certain ceremonies, you know, and, yeah. but, 
so we were talking just about Hawaii and the water and everything. And she said, um, and she said, what about the Shalotians? Just so, randomly said that. I've never heard that word before. Well, round, huh? So, so um, I like it. Yeah, and so I said, Tashina, what did you just say? <laughs> Do you understand? And she said, Yeah, I know, but you know, but but she's not like she doesn't. It, it just comes to her, right? And then when it's appropriate, she shares it. <clears throat> and um, doesn't get all emotional about it. No. And so, but she and I are pretty much on the same wavelength. We, we pretty much agree with, with everything that's going on and what we're sharing about. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, so now you have a Chuloshans and which is very powerful because it's not known. Right. And, and that's my connection to the dolphins. That's my connection to the sonic codes. You see, and, and to me, sometimes, you know, it's like, when the dolphins has been talking to me and playing with me, you know, it's like they tell me, you know, you, you can't be in the water here with us. You got to get out and talk to human beings. That's your job. You can't just be playing with them having fun. Right. No, no, no. They won't allow me to do that, you know. But so this puts a different spin on it, you know. I haven't shared this because it hasn't been time for this. So, but now coming out more and more and, and the technology that the Chiloceans have is just tremendous. Mm. They're using bubbles for intergalactic travel. How does that work? All right, basically it works this way. When a child blows bubbles, it vanishes, pops, right? Right. That's how it you and I. That's how it perceived in the three D three D matrix. It just enter into a different vibration, and if you understand that, you can travel in in and out of different dimension that way. And hope there's another bubble on the other side to go back this way. No, but you can. You no, know, but it doesn't. Well, it, no. This is too. I'm not going to get into this one right okay. now all because right, it's, right. it's too. It's 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 not appropriate. Um, but uh, so they use bubbles for to travel and you know and, and, and again you see I, I mentioned to you earlier that it, there's everything on planet earth for you to find out everything about yourself and who you are as a star being and everything and the and in the fascination that dolphins in the water they they lay on the bottom when it's not shallow waters and they blew blow bubbles and then they create these different shapes and forms of bubble in, in the like a, the bubbles became another dolphin, you know, but look, but made up out of uh, bubbles, right? And so there's always a message if you're willing to see it, right? But because the matrix, I heard, I was listening to David Ike today, quickly, uh, and he explained something. I really was glad I was listening to this because. I have had tried to find a way to explain certain things, and he really explained it very, very beautifully. He said, the matrix is like your website. And what has happened, the, 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 the people who are controlling all of this, they have taken a copy of the, of the website. And then they have taken copies of that, and then they have changed it. But the original website is still there. We can access it if we can get out of this dilemma, right? 
but so they've used the original blueprint of everything, made a copy of it, and then changed it so we can't even remember the original anymore, which is brilliant way of explaining it. That is a brilliant way. I have a friend, Riz Verk, whose book, um, he's written a number of books. The last one is the, um, oh my God, The Matrix, the, um, what is it called? Bob, do you remember? No. Oh, I can't think. Oh, I should put a link up after. He's getting a lot of um, publicity right now. And in it, he he's a brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, has taught at MIT, a bunch of different colleges and um, made his first millions before he was 20 doing computer programming and things like that. But uh, the simulated universe, that's what it is. Right, exactly. And, and that's what it is. And, and I was reading it a little, I didn't even get through the whole book yet. Um, but basically, not even, you know, a third of the way through the book, there's no, he has, there's, there's no way that we're not in a simulated universe. We are. It's a computer it, game. It's absolutely. And he, and he approaches it from a mathematical way and a practical way. Like you can't argue with what, this is a simulated universe. Right. So that's why the, 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 the Sony codes are so powerful because they break you out of this of this simulation, uh, this uh, simulation. It's an entrancement. It's like right. an entrancement. So. And so, if you want to get out of it, you know, support the Sony codes because again, it has nothing to do with me. It's a gift from the dolphins and and and, and you know the people, the beings who understand what what has to be done here. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate this. And so you're in Hawaii now. You're going to probably be heading over to Sedona. Uh, maybe here early in the new year no probably mid-january i guess okay and you'll be um continuing on jeanette will be helping you from afar and uh with the sonic codes and and all that and do you have anything scheduled just yet for classes i could have you back at mystic dream i'm okay well, well let's do something in the mystic dream then yeah let's do something no. in mystic dream but let's try to get you into the vegas one where there's a room with 1500 people because that has been your goal so let's see if we can't make that happen well so are your are your people still in the room there yes they are okay so in another gift is that the, from the from the galactic from my galactic family is the paintings i am not a painter per se i'm again a vessel and this is another way they're trying to reach people through this this vortex paintings that I have and you have a few of them there that's right and and people need to understand that these help you as well to stay away from this into the intro in what do you call it into my English oh, well, it's like an enchantment yeah yeah but it helps people to 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 release themselves from the matrix so everything that comes through me is a gift to help people and has nothing to do with me. I want to keep on emphasizing this, you know, but because I don't know how to do anything. I've never, I've never went to school. I went to school, but I quit very early, but I've never studied anything. I don't know anything. It, I'm a vessel and allow it to come through me. I can relate to that. I never studied anything either. Yeah. I spent the so, last three years in <clears throat> high school painting and not because they were training me. I just said, I will not quit high school if you let me have access to that art room closet 
with all that expensive paint and canvas and everything else and all those brushes. They said, go ahead, go do it. I thought I've died and gone to heaven. But, but Alicia, you told me that beautiful story about your friend who had knew Picasso. At where? You, you, you told me that story about the friend who came into the store and saw the big painting, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to do like a live, a Facebook live on that. But the quick Good. notes is somebody had come into the store. Well, the day before a woman had come in, a lovely woman by any, any stand, lovely woman. She had lovely work that she had um, produced and she wanted me to sell in the store. And she had been making very good money in California selling it. And, you know, she was very nice. I want to stress that. Uh, but she also made it clear I would be lucky to carry her work, right? And um, so I was open to it. I'm looking at the work. And I just said, I don't think we can do anything at this time. I was polite. Let's hope she never watches this, okay? So afterwards, somebody asked me, well, why didn't you have her work? Because it was beautiful and you could have made money on it and all. I said it was um, technically good. You know, it was executed. It was good artwork that way, but there was, it wasn't art. So there's a difference between art and something that has been executed with um, technical ability, okay, with technique. She had the technique down. She was a master at technique, but it wasn't art. And um, the person you know, that was asking me this, I said, they said, well, how, do, how can you tell what art is? I said, if you, there's an emotional response, I, there's no emotional, with, there's not an emotional response with technique that becomes an intellectual thing. I don't want it in my space because I too, am getting old and I don't have a lot of patience. I'm agitated most of the time you can ask Bob. If somebody said it's probably my thyroid, by the way, that's a whole other topic, but whatever. Maybe that's why I'm agitated but I'm agitated most of the time. Like, I don't want, I don't care what she did in California and how much money she made. I got no emotional response to the art. I don't want it around me. Okay. So, but I said it nicer and she's gone. The next day, this man comes in, he's walking around, he's looking at the art, including yours. It's which is, one of your pieces is huge, right? That we have. And, you know, I didn't know I, you know, I'm just cantankerous a lot. So he says something, he goes, well, you've got some very nice art in here. I said, oh, yes, I do. And he said, um, I really enjoy that piece. I said, yeah. Uh, I said, do you know the difference? Because I was all, you know, fired up from the day before. I said, do you know the difference between good art and something that's just, you know, technique? And he just looks at me, goes, well, you tell me. I said, you have to have an emotional response to it. Otherwise, you know, it's got to have soul. I don't even care about how the technique, whether or not it's on point. So he said, that is awesome because um, his father was a well-known artist, Max Schent. I have to look at the, out of California back in the city. Oh, you guys have heard of him. This was his father. And so while he's telling me this, I'm Googling it and I'm seeing this extraordinary work and the ladies, California is agreeing with this. And he wrote a whole book on this and said, art has to give you an emotional response. True art, it comes from the soul. It, it, you have to have an emotional response. Otherwise it's something else. Not that it doesn't have value, just don't call it art around me, okay? It's something else. So anyways, we got in this wonderful conversation and um, he was just extraordinary and it, you know, it kind of continued on. But um, yeah, so yours, your art gave him a strong emotional response. That's what we want. And I've got some other pieces from other artists in here too. Not that everyone's going to have the same emotional response or, you know, 
but it's an emotional response. It's, it's derived from the soul. It's derived from something other than a technique, which is how we break out of also the matrix where, so anything that you know, they could buy your art, if somebody's feeling like, you know, they can't do it themselves, but also just any of us, if we do some art that has nothing to do with technique, it's an expression, visual audio, but you know, I don't want to get on my high horse, but th this is what our soul cares about. I've asked this question over 20 years and uh, only one person ever got it right. Do you know what the, the best way, if our soul is um, feeling a little funkier, we are really, our access to it is not clear, right? We don't have a clear road to it. What's the quickest way to improve the quality of our relationship with our soul? Does anybody know? Paint. Close, yeah, pretty much. She said paint, anything creative. That's all our souls care about, right? It's a creative expression that's not qualified and quantified. And, and we could say, well, that's nice. Oh, isn't that sweet, Susan? That's poetic. No, it's more critical than that because I'm trained as a soul recovery practitioner, amongst other things. And so if our soul doesn't have any creative expression or is just completely tamped down all the time, it just takes a wander. Like we can be in these bodies, like you are, are from another planet stepped into that body. But in another way, all of us are in and out of our body all day long. But, you know, in our dreams, we leave our body. Uh, you know, the neuroscientist did a brain scan on me and it showed I wasn't in my body. We've got the proof of it in the brain scan. What I was doing was I was psychically seeing him as this cute little boy playing the piano. Okay, whatever. And even our soul can be kind of, uh, it can take a walk or chunks of it can just go by out of disgust. Or sometimes I see the energy, somebody's life force is not sitting solidly in their body. It'll be like wonky, you know, off to the side like this. So mm. none of us are completely always in our body all the time. And so we want our soul to be happy because life mm. is better when it is. What do you want so, to say? So, um, I mean, this is your podcast, but do, does anybody have any questions, anything? Thank you. I was supposed to do a Q&A and thank you. Because <laughs> I am in left field half the time. Does anybody have a question? <laughs> or either one of them? Or a comment? Well, I, I'm interested to know, um, he had mentioned I don't know how to turn this around. around 11 years old is when he came in. Can you hear her? He, no. I'm okay. just wondering if there was a, a traumatic event that, that led him in, like Yes. Okay. So what she's asking is when you came in as a walk-in to that 11 year old boy, was there a traumatic, which I think I'd asked it, was there a traumatic event that preceded it that? No, I came in a starship. I came in a starship and in, what the night, star okay. in the night in Sweden. And it was very, very dark, but it wasn't just dark because it was the night, the energy and you, and, and you know, Sweden was, I mean, Sweden in those days were pretty, I mean, there was no bad energy because it was Sweden, you know, there was not many people, but still it was very dense energy. And, and I remember when it went, when, and I felt like, oh my goodness, what am I doing, you know? And then the ship took off and I projected myself back into the ship and looked down and, and I just was kind of looking down onto this planet, to this earth. And it just felt like 
this is, I, what, what am I doing? You know, I mean, that was so dark, right? And then exactly then how, how I then jumped into this body, I don't remember, but it is really irrelevant because it's not about that, you know? Because when you do anything like that, you don't, how can I put it to you? It's not like I'm going up to this person and saying, okay, I'm supposed to be in this body now, would you please get out? Yeah. Get the road. <laughs> It, it, there's an elapse of energy. And in my book, Time is Promised to No One, no, Conductor of Time, I explain how that ha happens in, in, a, in a simple way. So, um, but when, when I, when I, um, when I, no, so that wasn't so dramatic, but what I, when I said that, that I wasn't scared of dying anymore, that was pretty profound because just a few months earlier or something like that, so many people had died around, around in the family. Some committed suicide, some died in accident and some of old age, you name it. But I was so disturbed by this that just to pick up the phone, somebody else had died, right? But so that's when I then had that experience, I realized, okay, that's when, 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 um, when that happened, and then shortly thereafter, I asked my, my, my father about something because in those days, televisions, we only had two channels, a Danish channel and a Swedish channel. And that showed a lot of American black and white movies. And I said, where are those people? Um, and he said, well, they are, they are not here anymore, they're dead. We said, we said well, what do you mean they're dead? And, and it flashed and I went to a place and I said, they're not dead, you don't get it. There is no death. So I had this experience that I couldn't verbalize because there was nobody there to listen to it. And so all through growing up, I, um, I'll share a few experiences with you. You might get a kick out of that. So, and because I'd been around so much death, you know, everybody talks about the white light. Even in Sweden in those days, they talked about the white light. So I was laying in my bed kind of frustrated and, and just didn't want to be, be, be where I was, you know, and, and, and uh, it was just very intense, very emotional in that sense, you know, because I realized, wow, I have done this so many times and why am I doing this again, you know? And, and um, so I said, okay, I'm going to go to the white light. So I went to the white light and I said, no, this is not it. I want to go further. So I went through the white light into a whole different vibration of frequency. And there was just a spark of consciousness. I could, and I could do anything I chose to do. And it was just great. But I also could have a vehicle or a body or anything uh, if I choose to, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, but this was like, this was just fun things to do. And one day I said to myself, I want to go to New York. I don't know why New York. So I became energy. And I was in New York. And, and, and of course- what did you think of New York? What did, what, did you say, oh, what the heck was I thinking of this? <laughs> right, yes, why did I go to New York, oh, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> but, but then of course, I wasn't allowed to do all of these things anymore because then, then, then my job here, you know, wasn't right. So I had to learn to be, have all of these limitations, knowing that I knew I couldn't access what I knew. That was really challenging because I know I can bilocate. I know I can, I can move to, but 
then when I'm not not supposed to be able to do it because I have a job to do here, that could that was frustrating. It still is frustrating. You know about Padre Pio. Uh-huh. This up because it's, it's the middle of the night for Jeanette. Um, well, you, you know about Padre Pio, right? Padre Pio, the Catholic saint who um, bilocated all the time. Right. Of course. He'd, he'd be talking in France, talking in Italy. Right. And I had this special love for Padre Pio. Let me say this. And one day I'm in Rockport, Mass, uh, doing a reading. And this woman says, I've got something that I've had my whole life, like for 40 years, or whatever. I'm giving it to you. I just thought I got to remember where that is. I said, what is it? It was this little prayer card thing that had a piece of Padre Pio's um, coat. And it's, you know, pretty freaking big deal. So I used to put him on my reading table. I had a number of things I put on the reading table, including a little bit of Padre Pio. But, you know, he's kind of looking like judgy. And I used to think, I don't know if Padre Pio would be happy about me doing these readings, but I think it's okay. I was gifted to this. People, you know, they'd feel all right sitting down for a reading, seeing Padre Pio's face right there, looking kind of judgy, like, what have you been doing? <laughs> what they used to say about Padre Pio is, you know, for the Catholics, they would go in to do confession. They would have to wait three days sometimes, right, to get in there, because it'd be this long line. He wouldn't sleep. He'd be up for a few days. All right, I'm going to do the confession. And they would go in, and they would confess all their sins, and he would um, say, Okay, well, that's good. But what about X, Y, and Z? Because he could see the whole story. He could see the whole thing. And they'd be like, oh, damn it. Padre Pio can see the whole thing. He'd say, yeah, get going. Say your Hail Marys and be straight with me next time. I'm starting to editorialize this as I have a tendency to do. Like Bob says, the essence of the story is true. I'm just kind of like, you know, fluffing them up a little bit. But we know that would have happened, right? He must have said to them, hey, come on, be straight with me. Yeah. I'm freaking Padre Pio. I can bilocate. I know all those other things you did. Right. Like, let's bring it out so you can say your prayers and be done with it. Crying out loud. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've had people tell me, you, you came and visited me last night. I said, oh, good. Did we have fun? You know, what did we do? <laughs> So I, I, I work all the time, you know, I, I, I work 7-Eleven, even though, you know, I kind of go to bed and, and but I work a lot, more or less all the time. And at times when I have come back into my body, you know, it, it's like, it, it just, um, it, it, it's, it's, I don't think people really understand what it takes to put yourself in a situation like this, to be able to be of assistance to um, the human race at this well, point, you well, know. Well, well, yeah, no, well, hold on. We've got to also say that we're all in this under agreement. I'm only giving you this pep talk. I'm the biggest moaner, bitcher and moaner there ever was. But that said, you know, this is under agreement. This is a, a wonderful opportunity actually for any of us and there's this saying, or I don't remember the whole saying, but do we want to be the one that does the helping or the one that needs help? Maybe it's, a, it's good to think that we're a little bit of both. Of course. But, um, you know, so it's good. This is a great opportunity. And I want to also say on a high note, I remember before I was born, moments before, <laughs> and I, I remember seeing the earth. I was a sphere way above the earth. And I thought, oh, what a, look at that beautiful planet. And this is, I called it my bonus life, whatever that means that I said, I'm not gonna starve in this lifetime. I'm not gonna be murdered. I'm gonna be able to be creative. And there's people there that I love that I get to be around the people that I love. And, um, and I like the time period. I remember saying, 
I love the time period I'm going. I was so happy. I'm like, I'm ready for this. And I jumped in. Well, so I have to remind myself of that. I was happy originally saying this was a good time period. What was I thinking? Because we have, it's going to be a good, we're in a good time period. Things are changing in, in ways uh, you, you, misunder, you misunderstand me. What I was saying is that because people like myself and other people and, and, and a lot of star beings come here, how special the human, human race is, I don't think people understand how special they are, that there are people coming here to help and support okay. them to raise okay. the, their awareness. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that they're willing to put a more comfortable life somewhere else to right. come here and help human beings at right. this time period. Right. Yes. Because they are special. They, they are very loved. The human race is very, very loved. And that's why um, it's, it's, they, there are so many great beings and masters coming here to help people out of this quagmire, out of this matrix. And because they are very, very loved. Yeah, because we are lovable. I mean, we're poor, <laughs> but we're lovable for crying out loud. Yeah, we're well, lovable. You are. <laughs> you are. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up. You've been listening to the Susan Morgan Podcast. Susan has been meditating for 50 years. She's an accomplished author, respected spiritual medium, and has spoken on consciousness at numerous venues, including Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas and MIT in Boston University. She owns a metaphysical store in Las Vegas called Mystic Dream. She's a TAD qualified. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Find us on Instagram at Mystic Dream Las Vegas, on Facebook at Mystic Dream, and on YouTube at Susan Morgan Dreamer. See you next time.